Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, cymbal sounds, and other things we like. Everett, besides your fingers working improperly, how are you? Well, you put a little extra style on the intro, so I felt I was feeling like I needed to get in there. <laughs> I'm doing really well, man. Uh, well. I've raspberry. I've missed yum, you. Yumberry. Your your ooh, yumberry sounds good. It does. It sounds yummy. Uh, yeah. Uh, I missed you. Y- you were gone last week. I was gone for ten days, and it was delightful. I messaged our watch clicker crew that it was my ten day spa trip, wherein mm-hmm. I hiked like n- a neighborhood of 170 miles and about 20,000 feet in elevation gain and loss. Bro, that's crazy. My feet hurt, my legs hurt, my body hurts, yeah. I'm banged up. And you did not even recover d- an animal. Didn't even, didn't even shoot an animal, didn't let a single arrow fly. Isn't that disappointing? It was disappointing, but it's still so... I, we, I, was, I have two hunting partners, like two guys that I hunt with every year. And we were talking about the disappointment of this year. Because this year we had probably more, no, not probably, more near misses than have ever, sure. than we've ever had. It was, it was the difference between like a, a couple pine needles and me making a PP on the ground when we think, we, when I thought we were going to leave and just a whole lot of little things that just felt just really, that, that were the linchpin to the difference between success and failure. Yeah. Uh, but that's part of bow hunting. You know, it's a really unforgiving sport. There is absolutely no forgiveness in it. So yeah. if we were rifle hunters, we'd have tagged out the third day. But we aren't rifle hunters. We're bow hunting, and we had a lot of fun. We interacted with a lot of elk and saw a lot of elk. And you, you pay a price. Yeah. You pay a price for that purity. Yeah, you do. You yeah. do. And it's at, that's not the reward. the The process is the is the reward. Sure. So it would have been really nice to put couple hundred pounds of meat in my freezer but not this year yeah well there's a yeah. couple bucks that have been hanging out in my backyard they're deer but mm-hmm. you can anytime you want to you know i've got some some friends with some property who have some bears and uh and deer that they'd like cleared off their I property i can imagine bear tastes terrible uh you know i so i've had bear uh and it's very good it, it all comes in the way you make it like you can't just, just like people have bear steaks and and bear steak is pretty okay it's not beef it's all it's all in the preparation. Bear ham is really good. I've I've got a recipe for bear pastrami that I understand is very tasty. Yeah, I think pastrami anything, right? Yeah, but it's it's all in the preparation, right? Like you can't sure. you can't blend beef and be like, here's your beef smoothie. It's gonna be delicious, <laughs> and expect anyone to think it's delicious because yeah. it's not gonna be. That's right. Like you 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 can't you can't put enough ketchup on a turd to yeah. make it good. You're, That's right. You, you can make a ketchup flavored turd. So it's all in preparation. We had some squirrel while we we're out there. We yeah, a couple I, was, squirrels. I was wondering if you you are ever tempted to pick off like a oh, squirrel. Yeah. But yeah, it we, sounds like you are. We popped a couple squirrels, just uh, just um, breaded them in a little bit of flour and fried them up. And I've heard squirrel tastes fantastic. It's very similar to pork, oddly enough. I, I have no reason for why. But similar diets, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. But yeah, yeah very, very similar to pork. Uh, similar consistency, similar colored meat, similar flavor. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm really glad to have you back. I'm happy to be home. I'm, I'm sorry I missed the 100th episode, yeah. but this is our Dalmatian episode. Uh, so, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, I don't know what I thought. I mean, it's a little anticlimactic. I mean, part of the reason it's anticlimactic is because we didn't 
there was no climax. You know, we sort of are yeah, the ones that come. make the show. Yeah. That's right. So if we're going to get there, we're going to have to work at it. And 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 we didn't. And part of the reason was because you weren't here. But, uh, you know, I, I think it, it's... It, it feels like a milestone, but it doesn't feel significant. We're going to keep going. Right. It's not like, hey, 100 and we're done. Yeah. It's like it, it's like your your 30th birthday. It's like, okay, cool. I have another one next year. Yeah, that's right. That, exactly, right? Yeah. Like, oh, okay, here we go. Uh, I, I will say... Uh, it was it was kind of satisfying writing that three digit episode, you mm, know, mm-hmm. episode dot 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 uh, was kind of was kind of exciting. So so I had just gotten back to camp because we we have a base camp, and I had just gotten back to my truck and plugged my phone in uh, and was getting all my text messages from the day, and I saw that the FaceTime for the hundredth episode recording was still live. And I tried to join it, but it didn't have enough service to get into the FaceTime group. Dude, that would have been awesome. Uh, <laughs> just. Just missed it. Yeah, too bad. That would have been fun. Uh, well, uh, we are not alone here. No. And the folks that are at home listening probably know that. Uh, although it's a surprise to us. I looked Some up of our I listeners, remember. I believe, are illiterate, though, because oh. <laughs> they get surprised. So we've actually got the pleasure of uh, the only member of Notice that we haven't had on the show previously. Yeah. And the newest member of Notice. You've now completed the trifecta. Someone who we've interviewed for the website before, but who we've never had on the show. We've got Cameron Lazanich, the newest member of Notice. Cameron, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, guys. Dude, we're excited. I'm honored, I'm honored to be on your your uh, 101st episode, you know. Here's to the 100 more. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. What are you, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking uh, an old tub bourbon. Ooh. Um, it's like a fancy Jim Beam. Ooh, is it fancy because you put it in ice cube in it, or like? No, no, oh. it's like a it's like a, a small batch unfiltered bourbon. Um, it's a little bit higher proof. Um, it's really tasty. I was but made say, by Jim Beam. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say it looked like you had some some ginger concoction in there because just a little bit. No, cloudy. it's just a little. Oh, that's just the glass. <laughs> <laughs> the grass the glass was a little frosty. Oh. It looks good. Yeah, this well, I'm, I'm honored to to be on here, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming. We're excited. Yeah. We love having having people on because it saves us from having to have original thoughts. We just get to pick your right. brain. <laughs> That's right. Preparation for interviews is always real easy. People, you know, and, and sometimes sometimes the folks that we interview want a little more of us. They're like, "Well, what are you gonna? What are we gonna talk about?" I'm like, I don't know. We'll figure, we'll figure it out. We'll get there. And sometimes <laughs> we've had a couple people on who we wish we'd had more. Uh, more talking points. Yeah, it, sure. it was like pulling teeth. It's like, come yeah. on, dude, just give me something. I need more than two words from your answer. And then other people, like, we get to like, hey, man, how are you? And then suddenly we're at an hour and a half. We're like, all right, well, we got to go. <laughs> I think we'll have plenty to talk about. <laughs> I think so too. Just in our little our little pre talk in in the before the before the record button. So what so, do we call that? The pre show. Yeah, yeah. The no, foreplay? We, we call it before the clap. Yeah. That's, so this is post. This is post. Uh, <laughs> post, post clap. That's not true. We don't call it that. Somebody else calls it that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We call it whatever. Uh, it's the time this we were talking before the episode. <laughs> I like foreplay. <laughs> but foreplay. Yeah. So, Cam, you, real. by way of introduction, uh, I say you work for, for Notice, but that makes it sound like, uh, you know, and you're a new, uh, the newest member of Notice, but really, really... That is just sort of an evolution of your involvement in the watch community because you've been around. You've been around for years, right? You've been heavily involved in the Instagram community and and I think just the watch community in general. Uh, you're sort of 
pioneering member of hashtag Team Plexi. Thank you. I think is accurate because you're yeah. you like myself, and I think Andrew maybe to a lesser extent, very much hashtag Team Plexi. I am. Yeah. Uh, I I am oftentimes arguing the merits of of the acrylic crystal to folks that just simply don't want to hear. It. Even to folks on our on oh, yeah. our watch clicker team, right? That's a that's actually a that's a pretty regular topic in our in our group chat. They're like, look, it it is uh, objectively worse material, and I'm like, yeah, that's why it's better. Yeah, and pe- yeah exactly. And I, and I think people have a hard time with that. So, um, but really, you've been involved in watches for for many years. So. Um, going back, going back, sort of give us a, a little bit of an introduction to Cameron, the, the watch guy. Well, well, first of all, uh, you make it sound like I have, uh, uh, much more importance and notice than I actually do. <laughs> well, you are a notice. I mean, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, I've kind of always been a bit into watches, um, all the way back from about high school, but, uh. It all started really the the deep dive into the community started with uh, um, my turtle, my Seiko <laughs> turtle. I don't I don't really know what happened next. I, I started diving deep into. I I think I bought every color of Toxic NATO that Terry sold. Um, you, you, excuse and, me. Excuse me. You yep. you Watchco. Yes. Yeah. Well, then right. Toxic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I I, I I think I had just about every color he sold uh, for my turtle, and I would basically just switch out, you know, m- most watch people switch their watch every day. I switch my strap every day. Sure. And it got, and it got to the point where pe- the people I worked with uh, were joking that I had one strap for every day of the week. Um, and you were and like, I got, bitch, you know, I got one I got for every day of the yeah, month. I got, <laughs> I got way more than that. <laughs> I got a bag full. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, and then I... Uh, slowly discovered you know micro brands and i don't i don't know which you know micro brand i first became aware of probably like mark ii or halios one of these ogs Uh, yeah yeah i think that was around the time of like the halios delphin um way back um that's a while while back (laughs) and then uh and then notice i think they they threw up their trieste it was on sale and i saw it for the first time and i was like man this thing's dope like yeah. this thing is, it's not like anything else on the market. Uh, you know, it's got the, the umbrella, the backwards umbrella hands. Uh, it just, you know, like, yeah, it looks like a home and like an homage watch, but it wasn't really like anything else at the time. And I, I, I literally like was texting that, that watch to all of my friends and, uh, just, I was just fanboying over it. Hardcore. <laughs> now, now, Cam, I want to say the Trist came out like, 2016 yeah this right is right around then yeah 2016 so, so that's so i think i maybe followed a similar trajectory right i i bought my skx in october of 2015 and sure and it was the same thing right uh nato's and you know now i'm on watch you seek and i'm posting and i were i i remember very vividly when the Trieste came out, uh, there was a couple of other watches that came out that year that were pretty interesting. It's like, what is this? I think Hampton made their debut that year. And I was like, uh, gosh, that's interesting with the Trieste. And I had that same reaction. I was like, whoa, this is way different than anything else yep. on the market. Yeah. And yep. I actually and don't need, don't even remember thinking that's homage. I remember thinking that's totally different. Yeah. I mean, this is at the time when I was like, 
I was reading every watch news news site uh, available, right. <laughs> and I was just like, I was just absorbing all the information I could get, um, and and I saw it, and I was just kind of blown away, and I was like, ah, you know, I really want one, but I didn't really have the money at the time, and um, one of my friends, he actually, uh, my buddy Nate, he was one of the first people to buy one, uh, and he had he had this massive collection at the time, and uh, he ended up loaning it to me for a little bit, and I and I fell in love with it, and he said, you know what? you know, send me a little bit of money and you can keep it. And I was like, well, shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I would have sent him 86 cents. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, he told me a specific amount. Oh, but, okay. Uh, do, yeah, do yeah. you guys remember that time when $425 se- oh sounded like an exorbitant amount to spend on a watch? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that time? I remember <laughs> yeah. spending $350 on my turtle and thinking, what am I doing? Oh, this could be a really my. nice pocket knife. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the turtle, was that your first, was that your first watch? A turtle? No, okay. I had a, my girlfriend gave me a Seiko feel, a green, the 42 millimeter green field watch. SNZG before. or whatever. Yeah. I always forget the code on that one. I actually have one in pieces on my desk right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I wore that for uh, a year or so before I got the turtle, and before that, I uh, the, was an Invicta guy. The the Invicta the Invicta quartz diver, right? The faint, yeah, the faint. No, it was a chronograph. Oh, oh, I see, I see. It was a hideous, a hideous black and silver chronograph that I tell people if you dive deep enough on my Instagram, you can still find it. Well, you know, it's it's an interesting thing that you say. You call it hideous, and I think you're partially being self-deprecating. But was it actually hideous? I, I mean, it's I, pretty bad. Is it's it pretty bad? Yeah. It's like forty-eight millimeters, and no, no, it's no. actually very reasonably sized. Um, it's just, it's just, I would more call it gaudy. Sure. Um, that tracks. No, it's yeah. like the like the center links were like black painted, not even like a PVD, mm-hmm. and they were like checker textured, Ooh. and then. Yeah, and then the bezel, it had a dive bezel on it, and it was like a like big crenellated bezel. And then the dial was like this like silver wave dial almost. Uh-huh. And my dad, my dad gave it to me because he couldn't read the dial because it had silver hands on a silver dial with silver markers. So just illegible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I loved the shit out of the watch and wore it through high school and then, um, and then into, into college and then discovered automatics and stuff from my my dad he had a um he had a the automatic invicta diver the titanium one. Uh, the the, then, the big grand diver no no like the the actual like homage sub homage one that's not ginormous it's the, just a the, the titanium yeah, the pro diver. Yeah, um, he had he wore that thing until it died, and then he started wearing his Seikos more. And then he actually bought a Seiko Shogun, you know, titanium case and bracelet to replace that. And he wore that watch basically exclusively for like three years, which until is I got maybe maybe one of the coolest Seiko dive oh, watches. It's that... one of the best that nobody knows about. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, they didn't make a ton of them. No. Uh, they're not super popular, but titanium and, and Shogun he... case, holy yeah. shit. And, and he he specifically looked for a pre-prospects one, so he actually paid kind sort of exorbitantly for a pre-prospects Shogun, um, which is even more uh, uncommon. That's so. like legitimate. That's like legitimate neckbeard watch fandom. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. That's full on, full on 
uh, <laughs> how do you get there? How do you get there from Invicta? Because um, so, Invicta buyers typically aren't so yeah. discerning. How do you make that jump from an Invicta buyer to a Shogun? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah that's a big a, jump, right? It's yeah, not an SKX. Yeah. That's like a that's a real watch nerd watch. To, yeah, to a, a thousand plus dollar Seiko, <laughs> right? You think, okay, you know, I think Invicta is maybe a little. It's not the yeah. coolest. I'm gonna get an Eco Drive, right? Yeah, yeah, right. So, you upgrade so to, yeah, you upgrade to citizen. <laughs> yeah. So in in nineteen nineteen seventy six, my dad bought a six one zero five, brand new, and wore that thing basically until it died, and then he put it in a drawer for you know thirty years. Um, so that was his first real watch. Was it was a six one? Was the uh, Apocalypse Now the Willard? Yeah. The mm-hmm. Yes. That's you know with the reissues being super popular right now. So that was his actual real first watch. And that's what prompted me to buy the Turtle was, you know, I knew the Turtle was the evolution of the 6105 to the 6309. And so that being the reissue, I was like, I need this watch because, you know, I wasn't going to wait four years for the Willard issue to come out. So Because at the time, you probably didn't know about that Willard It didn't reissue. exist, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it probably so. did exist. The way Seiko <laughs> it does probably stuff. did. They are already making them. Yeah, four years ago. So, uh, well, so you get the turtle. You sort of immerse yourself into this weird, weird, wacky world in which yep. we find ourselves part of today. Deep dive. You deep dive. You find notice just by way, the same way we all did, right? Yep. Like, holy shit, just these Instagram. guys are cool. You come yeah. up with the Trieste, uh, uh, come up on loot. You wind up with the Trieste. And I was talking to Wes this whole time, you know, just in DMs, just chatting, just shooting the shit. Um who you at know, the time just, is the is the perky uh, yeah. upstart? Back when he had energy, <laughs> <laughs> before he became swamped with you know, you know, you know, he ten seemed, different models. <laughs> he seemed pretty good in Macau. He's like yeah, he yeah. seemed a little bit on edge. Like yeah, I can't. Yeah. Like I'm a lot of things that I'd like to be doing, but he seemed pretty good while no, he was he in Macau. Seemed chill as fuck, wearing yeah. no shoes on a balcony, yeah. seventy five degrees, basically. Wes, on the beach. Wes is the oldest young person I know. Yes. Uh, that sounds that sounds Cause, accurate because he's younger than me. But I but like I don't know like mentally, emotionally, or whatever. He's like ten years older than me. It's crazy. <laughs> Maybe more than that, right? He really yeah. seems very sage yeah. when you're talking to him, and like the most grounded person I've ever talked to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. So then the you know I was talking with Wes a bunch. I had the Trieste. I loved it. They announced the retro. I that was, and that was like the most expensive watch I'd bought at the time. You know, I think it was four four twenty five on pre order or whatever. Um, and the the retro Obsidian stainless steel. Uh, and then I basically wore that for a long time, and then I started getting all these other dumb watches. Yeah, yeah. When you say dumb watches, <laughs> are you talking about like a whole bunch of prototypes that you're only going to show us after we hit and record? Or are you talking like... No, no, I mean, oh, just okay. mean, I, I I, started, you know, I was de- still developing my taste. So I, I was buying, you know, a ton of different, well, not a ton of different watches. I had no money. Um, yeah. I was accumulating uh, random watches here and there. But then also this was, I was... Um, the large group of people I've met on Instagram that we've formed a collective chat group. Um, and we would loan watches back and forth. Uh, so that also allowed me to broaden my orological horizons. 
Um, that's a good podcast name. Um, <laughs> uh, we just trademarked it. Trademarked yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, we did it. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you for that, though. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm happy to contribute. So, yeah. Uh, and then uh, I feel like right now I've really settled into like a groove of what I like. So, I'm also terrible at set- getting rid of watches. Yeah, me too. So, I, I don't have a collection. I have a hoard. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason to what I have. Like, you know, I see all these people on Instagram who have actual collections. They think about the, uh, you know, like ideology of their watches. Mm. And I just have... They have one watch in 20 ways. Yeah, yeah. And I just have a bunch of random shit, you know, plus a drawer full of like half broken vintage watches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, really same. You you know, uh, it's interesting when you, when we sent you that interview for watch clicker and, and full disclosure you guys that wasn't an in-person interview right that's the way everybody yep. does written interviews these days we sent questions he responded uh in writing uh but i remember reading you say that i don't refer to myself as a collector and it's hard when you in that context right is this a principled thing and and i gather yep. hearing you say the words out loud now it's not principled it's just no. A distinction that you've discovered over time. Um, not something I try at. <laughs> well, and 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 does that is that sort of you know the very nature of it not being principled? I think means that you're not philosophizing about it. But how how is that approach to the hobby? If that's a fair way to say that, yeah. how does how does that approach to the hobby? You know, what do you think the benefits to that approach are versus a more um, you, you know, I don't know if you've talked to Timely Moments, Dan, he's the military watch guy from the UK that we've yeah. had on the show. He's been on a number of podcasts. He is an absolute expert on military watches. He's but a savant. He's a savant, perhaps. Uh, how does that sort of uh, more ad hoc approach, how does that, uh, you know, affect the way y- you enter the hobby and the watches you come across? And Yeah, you know, I really admire people who can really like focus on an ideal and and collect watches in within that scope um i i think i've been financially limited being a student through my hobby so far um that i haven't really been i don't financially able to to explore uh all of the watches i like it usually ends up i like a watch i see online and then it usually gets to a point down the line through months and months of months of obsessing where it either I either decide, yeah, that's not right for me, or it's like, okay, I need to buy this. Um, yeah, I mean, I've only sold a few watches that I just don't end up wearing anymore. Uh, but those are usually watches that are have better, higher value than some of my others, so... Yeah, I don't know uh, if if the the hoard mentality yields uh, a meaningful collection or not, but but it doesn't have to be meaningful to anybody else. It has to be no, meaningful to no. you. It's watches that you like to wear. Like my yeah, mine spans from. I mean, a, a, like I have a I have an F ninety one. I have a Q Timex, and I wore a custom Nemo today. Like, who cares if it's a cohesive? Yeah collection air quoting 
It's the I, shit but it's you also like. kind of freeing. It's all it's yeah. also very freeing though. Like there's there's some people I follow who like they're like, oh, I already have a diver, I already have a chronograph, I I have a dress watch, and it, I feel like that's very limiting. Yeah. Um, it's like you know I don't need a dress watch. I like dress watches. I I would like to have an opportunity to wear dress watches because I think they're really cool design wise. But you know I I have. My last, like, would would a, would a reasonable collector would their last three watches be blue dial, you know, watches? If maybe I guess if they collected blue dial watches, but um, <laughs> you know, but yeah. like that that's that wasn't like a conscious effort. It just you know I happened to get my blue Avalon and then I bought a my Laurier Nep or maybe it was the Chris Ward and then I bought from Will actually and then I bought my Laurier uh, and Ooh. and it just like. It, they just all happen to be blue watches. My next one, I promise, won't be. But we'll see. Um, you might be at Will's um, <laughs> Blue Bay Fifty Eight. Yeah, no. I've, no, I've heard the next he's is... not thrilled with the blue. Oh, it's that's a joke because it's not a real blue. It's pretty okay, blue. Yeah, that's right. It's it's not just blue. Uh, it's a speckled blue. You know, that's interesting. Uh, it's interesting, Cam, because you you you've made an interesting comment, which that. You're, you're, the way you approach the hobby is sort of determined by your financial capabilities. And uh, I think Andrew and I are probably today in a place where we could spend more money on the hobby. Um, yeah. And have. And, and have. And mm -hmm. have. And from time to time do. Do. Yeah. W with that said, I think our general um, approach to this thing is still very sort of uh, frugal. I, I think may, that might be the right word. Value. V value. Value is what we're value-oriented. Yeah. And, and I think at some point, well, I'll, I'll say, I think the soul of 40 and 20, what makes 40 and 20 different from some of the other podcasts, and I don't say I don't say this, you know, that sounds like a, a humble brag, <laughs> right? And I don't yeah. mean it in that sense, right? Because we, we really, really enjoy many of these other podcasts. It's not a brag. It's really just a neutral uh, uh, defining characteristic, which is that our podcast, I think, is driven by that frugal mentality. We both consider ourselves super shoppers, right, in mm -hmm. a way, w which is to say, you know, we want to find the thing that gives us this bang for the buck, right? Yep. Um, whether that be knives or, you know, to speak to some of the things that, that I know you're interested in, mechanical pencils or, um, you know. Or as you talked cameras about earlier, pocket knives. That's pocket what, knives, yeah. That's right. Rifles. Um, yep. Guns. And yep. You know, the thing, the thing we want is the, the experience of a high-end machine. Yeah. The experience of a high-end machine without without the price tag of the high-end machine, and you can find it. And I you think can. It just takes really, yep. really deliberate effort. That's right, a yep. dedication to mm -hmm. those to those things, and, and it comes automatically, right? You know, I, I think you mentioned in in your interview with us uh, 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 the sound, the clack of a of a pitching wedge. Uh, yeah, and, and and I totally know what you're saying, and. I have just gone through this thing mm -hmm. where I wanted to find the best set of irons I could find yeah. for X amount of dollars. And I found them and it was great. But it was I read that and I thought, yeah, this guy, this guy does it like us. Now, some people graduate college, which which you're studying right now. You're gonna get a degree yeah. and and you're gonna do something different. You're gonna have more financial capabilities. I suspect 
that you may get your fourteen two seventy or or whatever at some yeah. point. Um, I'm not but, gonna go, you know, splurging on, on tutors and Rolexes, but that's right. <laughs> well, I we'll see. Fact based well, on the the way you talk about special it, special occasion, maybe. Yeah, you're you're gonna be that guy, right? I'm gonna I'm a partner to law firm. I still look for the that awesome sub five hundred dollar watch, and and that's a moving target, right? It's always a moving target, and with you guys, yep. it it makes it a a, a much harder target to it to stay yep. on track of because right well, now the the microband industry and and i mean you being among them you're you're constantly constantly somehow finding a way to keep that sub five sub six hundred dollar watch better yep and i don't i mean i don't know how you do it bringing it, bringing more value to that yeah i mean i've i've always kind of gravitated towards high quality i mean obviously you know quality over quantity is going to be better, you know, 10 out of 10 times. Unless you're but, talking about chicken wings. Uh, yeah, unless you're talking about chicken wings. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> more is always better there. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter how good they are. Um, you know, That's whether cool. it's whether it's it's finding... Uh, I, and I think this is also made easier by just the time we live in with the internet, with direct-to-consumer, I hate that term, companies. Because it's, cause it's know, kind of a BS term, but... but yeah, it, it, because... It's really not direct to consumer. There's always middlemen, um, and in your case, in, they just hire you. You are the in-house middleman. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but you know, if you you look at um, uh, c- companies like uh, Warby Parker. You know, they were one of the big eyeglass companies to really break the mold of like the luxury, uh, you know, glasses makers companies. You know, selling to like lens crafters and all the opticians and all that. You know, they were one of the first, probably the first company to just go and straight, just, you know what, sell them right there. You want a prescription? Tell us what you need. We'll fit you in the store and you can get like, shameless plug, I'm, I own like four pairs of Warby Parkers, but um, I guess it's not a plug. I don't own any part of Warby Parker, but. <laughs> you, own, you own four of them, so. I guess, I guess, but uh, you know, like they're really, they're really high quality. No, they're not per souls, but you know, they're they're the really high quality uh, eyeglass for you know, and they blew up overnight, right? They were like, how do, how do we use this tool, this tool, yep. aka the internet, uh, yep. in an effective way? How do we focus on customer service in a way that's going to blow people's minds? And they did, right? We'll send you yep. four, five pair of glasses to try on for free, for free, no money, nothing. And yeah. then when you pick the one, it's going to be 130 bucks, and you can bill it yeah. to your insurance if you want to. But With who does? Because it's just 130 bucks. Yeah, it, it, you know we can do it. We can. The costs are manageable. We can make a bucket load of money, and they did right. I, I mean, and they're nice, and they're nice, and they're designed well, and they fit well, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't. I I like their stuff, you know. But then also finding whether it's you know, quality apparel. Um, finding companies that are actually like really doing good things because the apparel industry is one of the most wasteful industries sure. in you know in the world or yeah right now so um, finding companies that um, are doing things to help uh, offset that or you know recycling clothing or just making a small batch clothing that isn't just going to go to waste and using quality components in that um, and that comes from my background working in uh, the apparel industry when I lived in San Francisco. So I worked for a um, 
a company there that made really, you know, high quality apparel made in the Bay Area, made in California. Um, and, you know, the profit margins are pretty low, but what that allowed you to do was have a really high quality product, you know, for a decent price, you know, you could sell it for $200 less than the next competitor and they're making their stuff in Vietnam or wherever. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, I, I think it really, it, the internet, our ability to connect in this way has, has done a, a number of things. One, it's really allowed the, the conscious consumer to figure out a lot about their purchases, but not everybody yep. wants to do that. And, and so I think that there's some pitfalls to it too, right? For every, for every sort of really good apparel company that is making like seriously neat, affordable, quote unquote, direct to consumer stuff, you've got a whole bunch of shit that has disguised itself like that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the same is true with glasses, right? There's all these pop-up Warby Parker lookalikes, and some of them are good. Some of them yep. are, are actually that thing, and others are are doing a different thing, right? You know, you've got uh, that that exists in, and so the the challenge still exists for the consumer, right? You, you you know, the challenge still exists to be able to enter into that, and I think that that in, in watches, you know, I I I'd be loathe probably to name any names, but I think we see that right now, right? We see watch companies that perhaps look like micro brands, mm -hmm. and in many ways yep. operate oh, like micro brands. Um, absolutely, but perhaps maybe aren't that micro. Not, not perhaps they are not. No, and, they're one hundred percent not. And maybe that's not the the important characteristic, but 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 rather, it's not the size of the company, but it's the fact that they've disguised themselves as this thoughtful boutique. Perhaps is a better term. Mm -hmm. Uh, company w when they're really you're getting none of the benefits of that so in none of the value in it because it's not the benefits it's it's the value i mean the value of a notice comes not just in the watch that you're purchasing because mm. if you buy it and you never have any interaction with any of the notice team you're buying a valuable product at a reasonable price you're getting bang for your buck so, so the value comes in the company in like when you reach out you're talking to these guys you're talking to the to the people who have a vested interest in the design the production and the delivery whereas if you reach out to these companies who are disguised as such you're talking to like some dude probably like in a call center yeah who well, is using Google Translate to communicate with you so for i mean what are the tangible for you what are the tangible manifestations of that it's all, it's all it, for me, the tangible manifestation is if I get this. And you're holding a and I, brand and, new and I'm holding notice, Contrail 2. I've got a Contrail 2. And the fucking rotor falls off. <laughs> it didn't fall off the notice, just to, <laughs> just to clarify. Hypothetical. That's not a hypothetical. But, but should it? Yeah. Well, okay, so I'm going to reach out and I'm going to talk to one of three dudes. Mm -hmm. Be like, hey, man, um, this happened. and And so now what? I, I've just I've just reached out to you like, hey, dude, my rotor fell off. And yeah. likely, and likely, Cam, he's talking to you in this situation, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, me or Wes. Um, you know, uh, so I slide into your DMs and be yeah, like, hey, man, slide right in. My rotor fell off. And probably, probably ask for some pictures. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get more than you bargained for. But. Clothes on, please. Okay, uh, I noticed you removed one layer as I as did. was, I was requested. Getting a little warm. 
Yeah. No, I, I it, have that it effect does look on like people. The rotor comfy. fell off, and you've you've uh, that's a you really know, big but, penis. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> we'd we'd get a shipping label to you right away, so we can get that fixed and get it back to you. And that's and there it is. It's it's you're dealing with it's the human interaction. It's the it's the passion. And you guys talked about this in our in our hundredth episode, the the passion project. And this isn't notice isn't just a a passion project. It's not like I want to create this watch. It's a it's a an idea, a a business plan idea of we want to create this product that people want, that people like, and we stand behind, mm-hmm. and you can trust it. And that's I think that's for me as a consumer the difference between a, a true small brand, small batch, boutique, micro, whatever you want to call it, versus a large company masquerading as such. And if we can't fix it, you know, we'll we'll make it right, you know. We'll we'll work it out. If for whatever reason your watch is irreparable. What if I threw it at Everett and that's what made the rotor fall off? Because <laughs> uh, that's kind we, of like the thing that we use to judge right. the yeah. weight, the durability of our yeah, watches right. is can I throw it at a person? Remind me to blacklist you guys from the press list. Right. <laughs> no, Everett, they, they send it to Ev. He's, he's safe. I'm, I'm less. I'm, I'm squishy, Kim. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm squishy. So, uh, so we, need to, we need to get into Contrail. I love the conversation we're on, but we we must yes. get into this watch. Yes. So let's let's transition. So we do have this yep. new control. We'd like to talk about it. Will just published his his. I think. Uh, I, I mean, it's not a humble brag if I didn't write it, right? Correct. W- Correct. Will, Will is such a good photographer, and he his is uh, he's a sorcerer, and his uh, you know ability to uh you, you know use words to describe a watch. I think are are really good. I think he's one of the be- better reviewers. Which is Absolutely. whenever I write a review, I read one of his <laughs> side by side <laughs> to what I'm writing. It. I'm like, okay, so those so are the words you, he used. If you haven't looked at Will's review of the Contrail uh, two, please, Contrail two, Contrail two, excuse Contrail me, Contrail two, uh, please do that. But so let's talk a little bit about this new Contrail because this is the newest. This is the newest watch from yep. Notice, latest model. Yep, the the most recent release in any event, dude. I'm yep. sorry, your cat in the background is like they're going me. crazy right I, now. I don't know if you can hear them or not. I can't hear them, we but I've just been them. watching it. It's it's like watching. You can see them right there. Yes, yes. Like predators <laughs> in the wild. I this is Yeah. They go berserk right around this time every night. I, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I'm sorry to, to take us on a tangent. That's kind of my jam. We talked about squirrel sex a while ago. Today we're talking about cats in the background. Yeah. We can get into it the contrail too. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, as I was telling you guys earlier, I haven't actually seen it in person yet. So you guys are among the the few, the many, the lucky. Uh, But yeah, the Contrail 2, it's really exciting. A lot of new stuff, a lot of new and exciting stuff uh, for Notice. Uh, we, We did a lot of new, fun things with it that I'm hoping we carry over into future models and iterations of the Contra, but also hopefully other models too. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm curious to see what you guys think, what your guys' impressions are. And uh, I mean, I guess like a little pre, pre-review. pre So my first... Or any features that you guys think really stood out. My first love of this is the bezel action. So yeah. you said it was, I, I could tell it wasn't a 120, but I could also tell it wasn't a 60. You said it's 90? 90. 90 click, A yeah. 90 click... Which is really weird. I 
love it. You're not going to get that ISO certification. <laughs> but no. I love it. I love I love friction bezels and I love 60 clicks. The action on this 90 click is and the, the 90 bidirectional is a perfect middle ground between those two. You have the Weird. little bit bigger action than a 60. A little bigger, bit bigger. That's a good. That's a good verb for it. It's yeah. what it feels. If a yeah. bigger action than a sixty. Bigger adjective. Excuse me. And but you get the the bidirectionality of that friction bezel, and this is, I think, the perfect compromise for me. I, and I don't know if maybe I speak for only myself because I could be the only asshole in the world who likes friction bezels. Yeah, no, you're, you're not. not. You're not. You're not. Yeah. You're not. <laughs> but. I, I absolutely love the bezel action on this. And that was the first thing I noticed because I always fuck with bezels. That's like the first yep. thing I do when we get a get a review piece in as I play of with course. the bezel. You, you know, because you can tell that's one of the that's the little detail. If you can get that right, you know that every other detail has been paid its due attention. Uh, also, I'll say this because I think the, the bezel, the bezel is fantastic. The bezel action is okay. fantastic. Um, but my I've I've had a couple of reactions and as as this watch came out I thought well that sucks uh you, you know my I I remember reading sort of about it at first and not thinking that sucks I mean that's fine right but also like eh, okay we we've seen it before and I'm not excited and and I think maybe it, it was hard for me to understand why this is why this is good and I opened this today sitting in my office. Uh, sitting in my work office. I opened it He was it texting today. me, or us. He was texting me and Will and Mike about it. And and I think it immediately, it immediately, almost immediately, became apparent to me that uh, it's not the same watch. So I think physically Mm-mm. looking at it, physically looking at it, it looks very similar. And the Contrail's an attractive watch. Uh, for, for, for someone who might see it on Instagram, it's it's an attractive watch, and and this is the same watch uh, for all intents and purposes. Yep. It is it is the same watch, but but what is different about it is that it's just it's better. better. Yeah, the Th- finishing right. better I, is better. It it's 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 an upgrade. I, I think I yeah. think it's more than just finishing, right? It's it's I think that the Contrail, the original Contrail, was a fantastic watch, and it was fun to wear, and it's attractive. Um, and I wouldn't have looked at the original Contrail and thought a few couple, a, a few minor tweaks could really bring this watch into awesome watch territory. Which is not to say the original Contrail wasn't awesome; it was, but it was also a watch that you might buy and then sell because you know oh, it doesn't get that much wrist time. I think I pulled this out of the box and I was like, "Ooh, ooh, the proportions." Mm-hmm. That, for me, for ooh. me. That is the difference. And I asked you, Cam, when we before we started recording, I said, are the dial to bezel proportions different? And you say, Cam, I don't really think they are. They're basically the same. Um, but from my perspective, without doing any measurements or any sort of uh any sort of work with a ruler and or calipers, sure. It just looks different. It just looks and feels different. You're laughing at me, Andrew, but I think you know what I mean, right? It's like well, I'm we, just imagining basically, all the measuring work you're doing. <laughs> rulers. It's normal. That's normal for me. They're biased bad if, if that yeah. you know <laughs> answers any questions. Those are we, just the, we, the, the micro calipers. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. micrometer. Yeah, that's right. 
we we basically <laughs> revamped and redesigned the watch from the ground up. So like the the whole case is brand new. The whole case has been redesigned, um, obviously to resemble the original Contrail because it's supposed to be the same watch. But um, we we revamped the whole case. The profile uh, full, the profile is totally different, but it's yeah, still a it's, Contrail. That's what it is. That's what's crazy. Yeah. It, we went with a we did a fully CNC 3D CNC machined case, um, which we did on the Avalon, so you can get more of those complex contours, um, and and just more of an intricate case geometry than going with like a stamped case. And then the bezel obviously has been basically a hundred percent redesigned ground up. Uh, one one of the things that Wes and Colin really wanted to focus on was improving the bezel action the bezel was good it was good on the first contrail but it was a little mushy and it was just you know growing pains the first ball bearing bezel that we've done first bidirectional bezel probably the first true bidirectional bezel in the micro market um and yeah i mean it's basically fully redesigned so and, and redesigned the bracelet redesigned the crown, it's got, you know, all like Viton, which are like just like super O-ring gaskets in there. Um, and the bezel, the reason that with the stainless steel one that you guys have, the reason we went to a two-piece bezel instead of the single piece like the first Contrail was for the unique bezel insert shape where it's more of a a dome mm -hmm. not not like a not like a donut dome like you see on on like the blanc pan yeah, sapphire yeah. inserts sure, sure it's it's more to a more of a domed overall shape um from side to side um and that it's more apparent on the sapphire insert the loomed sapphire insert yeah. and we're calling it a sloped sapphire insert so it so people don't confuse it with a dome with the donut dome so right well, it's it, hard to convey these shapes in words. No, keep <laughs> keep going. You're doing a great job. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I think it looks more like a notice too, and I yeah. su I suspect that that is just over time that language has developed and yeah. and become more of what you guys do. But it, I that was the other thing. I pulled it out and I was like, oh, this looks like a notice, right? This you is know, a notice. Yeah, the the way the lugs curve down feels like those sector cases uh, in some ways right you, you yep. the, the angles and the points and i'm sure that there's some deliberate stuff there and i'm not going to worry too much about what um but there's just more notice in it and that's one of the things i've, I've loved about all the notice watches is that it's notice dna and there's a lot of yep. micro brands that are they they're all over the map they yep. just do what they think people are going to buy. They do what people are going to like, and and notice is uniquely notice. Well, it's taken it's taken us a while to really refine what a notice is, and one of the big changes with the control was we went from that rectangular three o'clock date window to a trapezoidal six o'clock date window, mm -hmm. which then you know the the first retrospect was the first trapezoidal date window that we've done, and we've that's kind of become a, I don't know, signature, not signature part. Other people do trapezoidal date windows, but, you know, not many people are making new watches with those. And it really, I don't know, it, I, to me, it's become an iconic part of the design. And it's something that we are using in future designs. Is there a challenge there or is it just unique? 
Um, it's just different. I mean, okay. it's just it's just a narrowed rectangle. Yeah. But um, trying to do it interestingly. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like with the first retrospect, it's you know it's a sandwich dial, but it's just cut straight through. There's no relief cut, so sometimes it's kind of hard to see. And it's a little bit small. On the retro two, we beveled it out so you can actually see the loomed layer underneath, um, and that really w- opened the date window up and made it feel bigger and more legible. But really, it's the same size. The date discs didn't change. Um, and then on uh, well, the Avalon doesn't have a date um, yet. I'll uh, date. <laughs> <laughs> but then the uh, the Control Two. Uh, personally, I'm a fan of three o'clock dates. I'm you know one of the few in the watch community. <laughs> but um, I liked the three o'clock date on the Control One, but the Control Two, uh, doing that the trapezoidal date window and doing the roulette date wheel I think is just a really special really cool detail uh, you know it's like every day is something different even though matching day wheel really is the right choice too yeah. Yeah. It, it blends in really nicely but it's still really legible and I'm one who also tends towards 3 o'clock date windows yep. but when well executed I you could put a date wheel at the fucking 7 o'clock and if you did yeah. it right, I'm down with it. Like a one o'clock Cyclops, probably a pass for me. Yeah, but I'm also I'm also in the minority of liking white date discs on black dials, and I think it comes from my Hamilton khaki, where it's meant for legibility and it's legible, and I like that. But that's you know, the I design of the watch, right? And but for me, like the the date on my Obsidian Black Retro One is illegible. Mm. I have I have to like literally lift the watch to my face to 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 see the date or unless there's like good light. You shouldn't um you shouldn't be disparaging <laughs> watches here. Well, and hey, our watches our watches have faults, you know, we're not That's perfect. a criticism that's, of the Sector series, right? Yeah. Is that we've got this very very yeah. small uh, yeah. I'm good. That was with a that. I, I that actually was a, like a it. weird design constraint with the movement of the date disc cuz I really wanted. I kind of fell in love with the with the four thirty circular mm-hmm. Bell and Ross dates. The, the the dates on Bell and Ross watches, their retro ones. And I was like, we need to do this on our field watch because it's it's just so cool. And we did it, obviously. But the print we had to custom print the date discs in a certain way where it was a it was a. A you're weird design cramming, constraint with the geometry. You're cramming yeah. the mm-hmm. geometry on that on that yep. on that disc. That, that and it ribbon. wasn't so much the single digits, but the double digits, sure. and especially you know. So, oh, so we so contrail obviously. Uh, I guess the parting message on that would be: it, it looks like a contrail, but it's a much feels more, like a contrail. Feels it's like a contrail every way, but upgraded in every way. So what? What can does it we, smell like a contrail? Hold on, ish. Yeah, I don't know. Well, actually, the that's smell good. might be a little different. You know, that's some, so that's something to note. That's a takeaway. It smells uh, a little bit like okay. uh, cauliflower. We'll work on that one right now. <laughs> I'll have I'll have Colin rub it against his armpit a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> Does so, he emit just contrail aroma? <laughs> what so whatever else, he's working on at the time. Uh-huh. What else is coming down the pipe? Because we know there's some exciting things. Obviously, the, yeah. w- everybody is sort of been waiting i think eagerly for the follow-ups you know everybody knows that the sector series is a four watch series and so yep. 
the follow-ons to that are coming. Uh, so maybe talk about that and, and what else we might we might be looking for. Yeah. Um. So just to put everyone at ease, Contrail twos are shipping. Hopefully, I don't know when this is going to air, but it's probably they'll probably start shipping by the time this airs. Oh um, shit! By Thursday, you're making a huge commitment. We're here. we're looking at shipping starting this week. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. So this week, early next week. Um, we already have one. De- so that's definitely right. early next week. They're coming. That's- <laughs> and then uh and then contra so contrail twos and then yeah ships this week and then restocks for the sector field and dive and of the retro two but the retro twos these ones are going to have a little bit of a, a tweak um because we can't leave anything alone uh so these are going to have a cool <laughs> little red, red triangle around the triangle on a red outline around the triangle on the bezel nice um, oh nice yeah yeah, it looks it looks really good. The renders. So. Is it um, uh, is it loomed or is it just a red triangle? Like just the a red. Tri- the triangle is loomed and then it has a red outline, a red yes. painted outline. Yeah, engraved. Um, and those are going to be green, blue, and red gilt. Ooh, ooh, red gilt. Yep, that sounds hot. Yep. That sounds yep. real sexy. <laughs> going to be really cool. Um, and then, and we're actually getting the parts for those. The end of this week, I think. Are your so are your fields assembly for that is going to start soon too? Are, are the fields already sold out? No, we haven't put ordering up yet. Okay. Yep. So ordering for those are going to be mid October. Okay, so that's right asking around for the, a friend, right so. around the corner. Right. <laughs> <laughs> asking for a friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then uh, and then retro three and so retro three is going to be. It's not. Where the Retro 2 was just kind of an evolution of the Retro 1, the Retro 3 is going to be a size change. Oh. We're going, we're upscaling a little bit. Interesting. What are you going to? Um, I believe 42. Yeah, that oh. sounds that sounds like a decent one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we are also going to be introducing next year a Retro Reduced. Oh. 36? 39. 39. Okay. 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 I so- think. Is is the OG the OG is forty right? Forty and a half. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, so could we could we say anything to get you to go to thirty six? <laughs> <laughs> I've tried. I've tried. Okay. Uh, I I think I was really pushing for a thirty eight. Thirty six isn't going to happen. Uh, unfortunately, you'll have but, two buyers. I can guarantee <laughs> two buyers. Uh, I would I would love it, but uh. No, I think I think it'll be around 38 39. We uh, we're still in the design phase for that one. Um and then Avalon 2 will be pushed is is getting pushed until uh we were going to try to get Avalon 2 in this year, but that might be pushed until next year, early next year. So are any, uh, we're we're running long and I'm not I don't care. I missed a week, so I'm going to go yeah, extra well, long. We'll go long. Uh how much of this is a function of supply chain delays? You know, we've been very fortunate mm-hmm. uh, in that we haven't been as subject to supply chain issues as a lot of other manufacturers mm-hmm. because we work so closely with the factories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, especially with COVID, a lot of things shut down, and that's yeah. that's going to affect everyone. That affected not just the watch industry, but Every industry. Yeah, but we're only concerned about watches here. Yeah, yeah, nothing else matters. So, um, (laughs) uh, yeah, basically we were able to um, adapt a little bit easier to the kind of uncertain terms of that. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Besides Wes being stuck in Macau for three yeah, months. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a little scary. <laughs> he seemed pretty cool with it. Yeah. Just, yeah, just on just his like Barca lounger and yeah. chill well, on he was, patio. He was, he was in Hong Kong and then uh, uh, Hong Kong was going on lockdown, like full, full lockdown. Um, and he was like, if I don't leave in like 24 hours, I am stuck here with nothing. For forever. And his parent, his parents are just across like the little like bay or water body. I don't know what they Pond? call it there. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hong Kong's like an island and then Macau is just right there on the shore. Yeah, so. He explained yeah. it and I still don't really. And I even looked at a map while he was yeah. explaining <laughs> and I still didn't understand why it was the there's way like, that it was. There's like super long bridges that connect it. So basically he was right across the water from, you know, probably like three miles of water, but across the water from Macau where his parents were. So once he got there, basically he like the, the government officials were like, you will have to be quarantined for two full weeks. We will check on you. And if you're not here, we will put you in prison. And you don't want to go to prison there. From no, what I understand. You do not know. Yeah. Yeah, and they mean it too, right? Yeah. yeah. We will I saw the videos. in prison. Yeah. You don't, right. you don't see daylight again. So well, uh, that's, he, he's, that's he, good. He like, stayed, he stayed put for two weeks and then had a little bit more freedom and could, you know, go about, but so uh, I've got a question just logistically, right? This this is a there's a lot of watches happening. And I yep. and I won't ask you to tell me how many pieces per year, how many units per year. Uh but I I understand that Colin is doing very much all of the assembly. At what point yes. does that become completely unfeasible? And I assume that the answer is right fucking now. Uh, right about when his fingers fall off. Yeah. I think that's when we have to figure out a solution to the problem. I mean, there's a song, <laughs> and they say, work your fingers to the bone, what do you get? Bony fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I gotta assume that, that, that yeah. that's happening, right? I mean, you're, you're talking about, so we, we, you didn't even mention the, the, the sector, uh, the, the pilot and, oh, and the dress, yeah. and the dress the pilot and sport. Yeah. I'm gonna interrupt and say the strawberry coconut's very bad. I, I like it. <laughs> Um, so, you, you know, we're talking about Avalon. We're talking about Retro Two, Retro Three. Uh, I mean, just just the rest, just for this year. I mean, we're talking about Sector Field and Dive, Retro Two, uh, Retro Three, and Sector Pilot and Sport. So that's six groups of watches. We're, we're talking about many thousands of watches. Is what we're talking about. Several thousands, maybe not many thousands, but several thousands yeah. of watches. So, yep. How does that? I, I mean, at some point, you guys. How many need, watches can a colon assemble? <laughs> that's right. How many watches can a colon assemble? Right. I mean, is, is this is this the breaking point? I, I mean, not breaking point. I don't mean that. In, we're we're not quite there. I mean, colon is is very good, but he, you know, when he's not assembling watches feverishly, obviously with the highest quality, um, he's managing most of the. Um, like R&D and communications with the factories and, and all of those logistics. Um, Wes is obviously helping out with a lot of that too, but then he's helping out with um, communications and, um, you know, brand imagery and a lot of that kind of side of the business. So, I mean, I mean, Colin is, is a maniac. All right. Put it lightly. Fair, fair, <laughs> but no, I mean, sonic, we, like in the we basement. Are, 
Yeah. <laughs> we're we are basically close to capacity. Yes. Yeah. 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 It seems like it's got to be and that doesn't include uh, returns and Mm-mm. you know service. So people All throwing of that their stuff. watches at their less fluffy, fluffy friends. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. How durable is this? <laughs> you know, I have a watch that I'm I'm told was thrown at a person, and that's what prompted its rotor to fall off. And I was promised that should the rotor fall off, it would it would be serviced. <laughs> that is that's a true story. That's that's real. That is a true story. Well, <laughs> Well, okay, so so these are the new things that are coming, um, and, and, I, and I think that's fantastic. Uh, what would you say is the next step for Notice without regards to a model or a new watch? What, what is Notice, bigger picture, what's the next step for Notice here? Um, bringing someone on who can help with the assembly and taking some of that load off Colin, definitely. Um, honestly, if I still lived in California, I would be down there. Uh, whenever I could be. Um, but yeah, I, I think obviously I'm not making these decisions, but I think that's going to be the next step. Cause I was kind of brought on to help take some of the workload off of Wes. Um, and I think the next step is to take some workload off of, off of Colin on that assembly side. Okay. I, I like it. This I like is, it. Like, I, I don't know how you guys are doing it. You know, it, it's been fun, though, right? It's been fun to watch the evolution of this brand, right? From the Trieste, you know, we had that sort of shared moment, it seems like, yeah. whether you realized it or not, where we were yeah. we were enjoying the Trieste, and you're enjoying the Trieste, and we're sort of experiencing And we can look back and remember experiencing that. Um, but that's a much different thing than what Notice is today. So it's been very... it's. It's neat. I, and I was talking to someone about, you know, we've talked about this on the show, Grimsmo Knives. Mm-hmm. They make this uh, fantastic watch called the Norse, uh, watch this fantastic knife <laughs> called the Norseman. And, you know, these things are ridiculous, right? They're, they're, it's a cool, it's a very, very cool knife. But uh, I remember watching this guy come up on YouTube, right? He, yep, same. Uh, you know, I- I'm watching this guy's channel and it's this dingy, nasty camcorder video started in his garage with a tarmac cnc that's right this dark not even a garage it was like a shed right he's got like the window in the corner and like with cobwebs with extension cords running from his home like through a window to power his machinery and you know next thing these next thing you know you know it seemed like it was super quick right so like a year and a half later this guy is buying this five axis cnc milling machine you know, this, he's got this huge commercial space too. This huge commercial space, and, and you know, if you want a Norseman, you you better sell your uh, Speedmaster because they're incredibly difficult to buy. You can't find one. They're you know used like thirteen hundred dollars for a knife for a flipper. Uh, you, you know, and so I feel like notice has been kind of similar for me in the way I enjoy watches. Right? It's like watching these guys release this Trieste, which you know you'll say Wes will. Still to this day, almost deny its it. existence, right? <laughs> uh, but you know, watching these I've, I've guys, been, go ahead. Sorry, go. I said I was just going to say I've been pushing for a uh, a Trieste redesign, so we're working on that. You know, and I think it would be cool, right? And I don't think there was anything wrong with that watch, but watching this evolution, you know, from from humble beginnings, relatively humble beginnings, to like almost almost. I mean, at some point, you have to start saying, "Is Notice still a micro brand?" Right? 
uh, and and I think that's a long ways away, probably. But it, you, that it, it's that conversation of what is a micro brand, what is a boutique brand, and and how do you continue to keep those things? And I think Notice is doing a great job of it, mm-hmm. right? Staying staying uh, grounded. So and staying true to the to the form of watches designed by people for people and and hiring by enthusiasts for enthusiasts yeah 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 and hiring you know a guy from instagram who was chatting them up in the early days to to help out with this stuff i mean that's the that's the kind of thing like you know they could very easily say hey we're gonna hire a marketing firm or uh some sort of seo firm to you know to do because really the kind of stuff you're doing could easily easily be managed by an SEO firm with 16 guys sitting at computers yeah. managing 13 different brands. Um, you know, oh, this is so-and-so from Notice, right? Well, you're actually so-and-so from XYZ SEO firm. From Notice, from right. Wild right. Basin. For, from... for Notice from these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So so it's it, it's been really cool to see that. And, and so we're really glad to, that you've, you've made that jump and glad that they made the jump to bring you in. I think it's, I think it's a fun evolution. So, well, it also helps that Wes has experience in SEO, uh, for better and worse, right? He's, he's done that in a, in a previously. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, they brought, they both brought, I think like the perfect concoction of skill sets to create this brand. You had, you know, the brand and, and and digital side of it with Wes and you had the physical and and design and logistic part with Colin. You know, they were really the perfect partnership for this. I I do have to tell you though, um Contrail is misspelled on our watch. Oh, is it? No. no. <laughs> I was like, is it really Jesus? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is not. This is terrific. I'll, I'll have to keep this. This can't go out into the public. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is terrific. You guys are doing such a great thing, and we love having you guys on the whole the whole team. We'll have to do like a five some. Yeah, that that would be fun. Be a might be a two hour episode, but. You know, we have a list of 17, yeah. 17 things here in front of me. We crossed off two of them. One was your name, and two was to talk about the contra. Uh, well, yeah. So we got to absolutely nothing we were going to talk about, but we got to move on. Uh, before we move on to the next segment, anything about uh, anything that you want to pitch real quick before we before we move on? No, I think that pretty much covers it. Other things, Andrew, go. A couple weeks ago, I talked about <laughs> the garment. T8s and how I was going to go test them in the Montañas. Montañas. That's mountains. Yeah. For yeah. those of you who don't oblo. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, so I tested them in the mountains. We're going to lose all of our sponsors. And so I, um, I wear, I wear, I always take two pairs of boots hunting. Uh, and this year I took a pair of Danner Vitals, an eight inch 3M insulate, like Danner, um, their brand of insulation they used to use gore-tex and i think there was like a licensing issue with gore-tex and they use some now they use their own uh proprietary i think i don't know it doesn't matter uh (laughs) but i also brought the garments and what i found because i um i climbed and descended so many hills i was i was finding i was getting hot spots on the very tips of my toes and the very 
like the the back and bottom of my heels. So I was having to change boots every day just to change where those pressure points were. And those garments killed it. I was so impressed until it rained. They're not waterproof. They're not lined. They didn't do great in the rain. And they're not supposed to be, right? No, they're not. That's not their jam. They're all leather, rough side out. They're designed as like military duty boots. And that's what I bought them for. They did great in the rain, but they got wet. But they were, they smashed the mountain. They're super light. They're super breathable. My socks weren't wet at the end of the day, which is a testament to their breathability. Mm, That's nice. I didn't have hot spots, blisters. Like I, I have some rub spots. Like we're just like it's not it's not a blister. It's just where the flesh like rubs off of your mm. flesh <laughs> from from friction. Um, but they killed it in the mountains. So alternating, like I would wear, I wore my vitals for a couple of days, and I wear the T8s for a couple of days, and I just kind of alternate back and forth. And until they got wet, they were killer and when i say they got wet i mean we got caught in a torrential downpour for four hours and you were wet very wet i was like my tsunami from the sky yeah my like my rain gear was not sufficient to block the rain yeah uh like i I was i was pruny all over my body (laughs) uh like and it was it was probably four hours we hiked like I don't know, five miles in just the most miserable rain I've ever been in. And that was what did them in. So it wasn't hiking through streams. It wasn't like like slipping into the stream or creek or whatever. It wasn't fording them. It was that four hour four shower. Hours, like, yeah, four hours. Like imagine the best, most like t- all encompassing shower you've ever been in. At like a hotel where it's got like a 12 inch diameter, like rain head. It's got the front, like the the 18 inch bar in front of you that sprays (laughs) you down. And then I love those things. And then double that shit. And that was the rain we were experiencing. It was also like 43 degrees. It it was a very bad night. And it's also in the dark. So you're hiking under a headlamp through deadfall. It, It, like, I don't. I don't ever. So the T the T eights weren't the ideal footwear for that scenario. No, the vitals wouldn't even been the, yeah. the ideal footwear. No, there's for that, no, there's just no, so wet. there's no like yeah. like dig a hole, bury yourself, and die is the ideal <laughs> scenario. In that. But the T eights killed it for all of their circumstances. Cold, hot, they they were terrific. So if you're if you're looking for a pair of summer, early season, spring turkey. Just, just general hunting, general hiking with like a not consideration for weight. Eight inch boot. Consider these Garment T8. Garment T8. Yeah, they, that's a callback, right? That's yeah. that's your uh, that's I your week on the wrist. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. They they killed it. They, they, they did. They did they exceeded my expectations. Yeah, and I, and I sort of expected them to because uh, many of my friends who have been through pretty uh, austere environments in them swore by those boots and i too now will swear by those boots they're still drying <laughs> they're on my boot dryer right now yeah they're yeah. they're fucking soaked i love boots that come straight off the dryer that's one of my favorite things i won't put them on again for months but yeah well so i, I i've got another thing do me i uh it's, it better not be this 
strawberry coconut wild basin <laughs> boozy sparkling water no you but you know this stuff is good they've got a bunch of different flavors this is oscar blues sort of seltzer and i think it's pretty acceptable but for the strawberry coconut it's it's unpleasant i don't mind it i don't mind the strawberry coconut yeah have, i don't mind you guys it. had the corona seltzers uh-uh no mm. they're, they're pretty good all right well you have a flavor you have a flavor that you'd recommend uh, the tropical lime and the black or blackberry lime or blueberry lime are, is pretty good. I'm down. I'm gonna oh. give those a try tomorrow. I will say the blueberry mango of these wild basins mm-hmm. is is surprise. You know, it's like eh, blueberry mango is a fucking weird combination, and it is. Uh, but it, it winds up drinking really well. So the black raspberry is really good. The yumberry was really good. The strawberry coconut tastes a lot like uh, I don't know armpit. It's unpleasant. I, I mean, was, I like the. Taste I wish of armpit, there was less so. sweaty nuts taste to it <laughs> all right uh so i i have been using a pine meadow tour model putter it's an answer style putter ping answer style putter uh i have been using that putter since and i'm I, i'm not joking about this since 1992 i've had one putter basically my whole golf life you you need an upgrade so and and it's not a nice putter it's a pine meadow uh, it was, you know, it is like the base model putter from 1992 from Pine Meadow, which is like a generic base model company. So it is, it is this generic base models company, base model putter. And I've been using it. I've been using it for literally decades, 30 years. And I have a certain affinity to it, but um, I grip it way down underneath the grip. Like my right hand is totally on steel, and my my left hand, the the thumb and 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 index finger sort of grip the lowest section of the taper. And I, I mean, it's just so you got a chest butter, didn't you? I did not. Get, <laughs> so I did not get a chest butter. No. Uh, but but what I what I did do is I, I've been my scores have been coming down this fall uh this summer fall yeah you've been golfing a lot uh i've been golfing a lot you sent me a good scorecard the other day and my scores have been coming down it's still not i'm not a great golfer and i i will i I will never likely never be a good golfer i will be a totally passable golfer um you're gonna have fun but i'm gonna have 24 beers and your three hole round my good have been historically unacceptable right a 40 putt round Ugh is has been a a sort of par round for me which if you know anything about golfing that's not a good i'm not a good putter so my buddy just bought a brand new scotty cameron top of the line inserted putter and um or excuse me non-inserted putter so one of their milled face putters and he just instantly he went from he went from you know putting about like i did you know high 30s 38 39 40 to you know now he's he's like 32 33 putts i mean it was overnight it was literally Hmm. overnight he had that next round after he bought that putter and 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 he's just like dude i am feeling it and i think some of it's psychosomatic you get a new putter you practice a bunch yeah uh you know and he's like you gotta get a new putter you've got that putter you're using a it's obviously the wrong, you know, it's not fitted. I mean, you could have gone to play against sports it. and still, still improved your putting game. So we've got we've got a USGA store here in town called Fiddler's Green. It's not a, a, a licensed USGA store, but they're sort of one of the USGA's. I don't know. They're yeah, but, the, I guess it is licensed, but it's that's right. 
And so I went there. They've got used clubs. And I said, I want to buy a putter. And the guy says, what do you want? And I said, really, I have no clue. And I showed him my putter. And he goes, oh. Uh, so he takes me. Yikes. He was like, we got to figure this we, out. We can do anything that'll be better than that. So he here's takes, this driver. Take a pick. Yeah. <laughs> he takes me in the putter room and we start goofing around. And meanwhile, I'm with West and West is being really good because he's always good. Um, but we had just bought West some putt, some, some clubs. Ooh. Uh, we had just bought West his first set of clubs. He's, he's seven. Uh, and so I start playing with putters and I find this one I like and it's a, it's an Odyssey putter. But they're sort of high in line. It's too long, is the name of the line. It it and it's just like it's milled everywhere. It's got you know ah blah, he's it's blah, got a blah, thigh blah, blah, gap. Blah. It's got all the things you want. That's right. It's got yeah. good thigh gap. And and so he, I, how much is this putter? You know, that's four hundred and thirty bucks. And I was like, eh, okay, that's let's not <laughs> let's get a thigh. Let, let's reduce the thigh gap here. Let's. <laughs> This is not going to happen. Let's you not know. even have an ankle gap. What, 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 this is not going to happen. So what are we going to do? And so we try a couple of others and, oh, yeah, I like kind of like this. I kind of like that. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. Just actually wait. Hold on. This kid's like probably 21 years old. Because that's uh, everyone who works at FIDS. They're that, just people who think they want to golf in college and, and, that's right. and play a PGA. And they're... He's like, hold on. I just thought of something. And he goes into the back room. And he comes out with one of these. It looks just like the Toulon that I've been using. And but it's got a steel shaft. It doesn't have a uh, it doesn't have a carbon shaft that mm-hmm. the two ones come with. And he goes, give this a try. And it's got a different grip on it. It's got a wind like this big rubberized wind grip. And so I I you know take couples. First the first thing I notice is it's exactly the right height. Like it's exactly where I want to be when I'm putting. And then I hit it and it's exactly the same action. And you know so I think someone had taken this and the the shaft was flawed and they had returned it and then fiddlers had whatever put their own shaft on it and and i'm like okay well so this is a 450 dollars putter he goes 100 bucks i can give that to you for 100 bucks it's a return we reshafted it this morning i'll give it to you 100 for 100 bucks so i get this putter this 430 dollars putter which is essentially exact brand new exactly the same i get this thing for 100 bucks my very next round my very next round, I have. I, it's just a nine. It's just a nine hole round. You were twenty one, right? No, it was eighteen. Eighteen putts. Eighteen putts, which is not a great number, but it was like instantly. It's crazy what a what a like a club that you can use because one of the things that people get new irons and they're like, man, I'm not playing as well. It's because because you have to get fucking used to new irons. People buy blades because oh, it's what pros use, but blades are hard to fucking no, use. I can't hit a blade. Yeah, a, a good a good putter makes a big difference it, it was crazy difference. it was insane i mean just the first putt i took i was like oh yeah yeah oh i can and and so i guess my other thing is it's not necessarily this tool on putter because you know a scotty cameron or a tool on they're gonna cost you big bucks uh but just if you if you have the putter that's been in your bag for <laughs> 30 years literally 30 years maybe consider going and getting it's not even something i've ever wanted to buy i've never wanted to buy a putter the only club the only club in your bag that you are better than is your putter every other club in your bag is it's not limiting you. your play yeah yeah that's right the, your putter is the only thing limiting your play and and, and totally 100 percent true I, I, it just instantly changed my it it like kindled this excitement too right like yeah you're like i'm I, not a, i'm not the worst golfer i know i want to get to the fucking green so i can putt you know i don't want to get to the green so i can get the the hole over with 
I want to get yeah. to the green so I can putt. Super exciting, Money. super fun. Really sort of refreshed my my game. And I've always been, I want to get to the green because it's the only place I play well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a lot enough. of drunken mini golfing. <laughs> so by about hole three, I'm ready for drunken mini golf. So an hour and 20 some in, Cam, other things. What do you got, man? New and exciting stuff? Or just anything, man. Anything. What are you reading? Anything. Watching? Uh, You've watched Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. And I've oh. read it. I've okay. Read it. I'm just saying somebody um, somebody that we know hasn't watched or read and doesn't care. My grads. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, um, I've been, I was on a, on a big uh, fantasy book, audiobook binge. Um, I, I was finished the Wheel of Time series. I don't, have you guys heard of the Wheel of Time? Series? You have finished it. And you we have I, finished it. One of our I, five <laughs> iTunes reviews is about the Wheel of Time series. We wait, talked wait. about it in like I don't know t- episode eighty or so. That is like someone subscribing to the Economist and actually reading the Economist. <laughs> I've I've climbed K two of the of, of the fantasy book series. That's incredible, dude. Okay, no, that's like doing PCT. Okay, okay. okay. So it's, wh- it's it's it's. I mean, for people who don't know, it's fourteen books. Um, and I I don't know how long the physical books are. The audio books range from, I think. 25 and i think the last ones are around the 40 hour mark do you listen to them on an accelerated speed no whoa you listen at one speed i'm a one yep. speed guy myself i'm a 2x guy yeah. it depends it depends some podcasts i will listen to at 2x definitely or this, one, or, this podcast <laughs> you should have been listening half to half 2x no like some of the um uh, some like the NPR type podcast where sure. they like you know they they talk really slow, <laughs> um, you know it's just like you speed it up and then you're like okay that's a normal talking speed. Um, I finished finished Wheel of Time and I was like okay I need a break I need a detox from fantasy so I went to sci-fi and I re-listened to that's Dune. A big difference. <laughs> <laughs> My yeah, wife calls it just sci-fi fantasy, right? Yeah, like, no, I mean, they're, that's they're what the bookstore the calls it. <laughs> no, they are, they are, but but I, I bounce back and forth. You know? <laughs> so, uh, because Dune is coming out as a movie, yes, and the trailer looks amazing, I was yes. like, okay, yes. I, need to, I need to, I need to re-listen to the book. So I, I redid Dune, I finished that, and I am, I, I was debating whether to start a new book or or revisit an old one because it's been forever since I've listened to any sci-fi because I've been listening to the wheel of time, which, <laughs> which, which I, did, I did take a break. I, did, I took a break after book seven. <laughs> okay. Which, which is just stupid. <laughs> uh, this so is, no, I feel like this is very inside baseball, but if you have not yeah. <laughs> read at least three of the wheel of time books, then you don't know. And you should, because they're good, right? I, I mean, yeah, no, they're amazing. And, and, and Robert Jordan is, is a brilliant author, but they're finished <laughs> by my favorite author, Brandon Sanderson, um, which his fourth book of the stormlight archive. I don't, have you guys listened to the, or read the stormlight archive? I have not. I nope. Have not. It's, it's on my um, list though amazing series his fourth book is coming out in november so i'm going to finish i'm currently listening to seven eves by neil stevenson which is an amazing book it's one of my favorite sci-fi books because it's 
about humanity surviving a apocalyptic event in a totally novel way. And he basically like explores every aspect of how humanity would survive and all of the little things that go along with like how society works. Um, I don't want to give anything away, but it's, it's an amazing book. Um, and, but I think I'm going to revisit. Nah, I don't know. I keep debating if I'm going to reread the three books before the fourth one comes out, but in November. But my plan was to do Seven Eves and then either start a new series or revisit the Three Body Problem, which is one of my oh, other yeah 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 sci-fi yeah. books. Yeah. So. Hey, wait, have, so it, also first, if you're still listening, feel free to tune out. Cam, have you read Chronicles of Amber or listened to the Chronicles of Amber? Uh, Roger Zelazny, UK no. author, 60s, no. 70s. Good God. I'm just finishing up for the third time. I'm finishing up Chronicles of Amber. Uh, all of them, all 10 books at this point. I'm on the 10th book and I'm really milking it. You know, do you ever do that? I, I do. I, ha- I don't listen to audiobooks anymore. Because I used to listen to them during my commute. Yeah. And now most of my job is kind of commuting. But I get so tied up in my audiobook that I don't listen to work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, people will call my cell phone, be like, hey, dude, are you okay? Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> Why? What's up? Like, I don't know. We've been trying to reach you on the radio. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, tr- I'm driving. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm around. Don't worry. It, 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 so if you haven't checked out Chronicles of Amber, I strongly recommend it. Fantastic! I mean, really foundational fantasy stuff, yep. uh, and, and even as many as much fantasy does blending into sci-fi. It's the same fucking thing. Okay, I, I agree it's with just, you. Just different different aspects. That's yeah. right. That's right. It's it's a spectrum, but it's the I mean, same you know, genre. The science and sci-fi is the magic system in a fantasy book. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um. Uh oh, because the I, science I, is fake too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I I wanted to I wanted to pull something from something you said. You say you've been reading Herbert. Uh, and and just thinking about this trailer for Dune, which I was yeah. very excited about. Yes. Uh, and, and I'm excited about the film. I, they've broken the first book into two parts, and, and so I think that that there's a possibility that he will not exist in the movie that we're gonna see this this coming year uh but i i wondered if you had any thoughts about who needs to be playing fade ralph yeah well I, I, because we ha- we don't know who's playing him yet and i'm wondering if you have any yeah. thoughts about this we we've only we've only seen um uh what the other nephew what's his face yes the the big guy from game of thrones yeah um Honed. no no it's no it's it's D- dave bautista is playing oh yeah yeah excuse oh. me yeah bautista yes you're right you're 100 percent yeah. right i had a totally oh, yeah. in my head. yeah 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 oh god what it's right on the tip of my tongue anyways um i'm really curious i don't know who's gonna play fade ralpha red ralpha um i don't know their, but their casting decisions it's... are their casting decisions you know they've they've they veered from the casting decisions the book made I some, like the direction they're going. Uh, me too. Me too. Yep. But but I sort of feel like for me, there's never been another Fade Rautha. I mean, Sting is in my mind Fade Rautha, and that's not true for all of the characters. Yeah, um, I want. Jason I mean, Momoa. I feel like it definitely has to be kind of like a scrawny dude. Uh, I think Momoa. so too. He wants Momoa. Yeah, and, and I think no, I mean, isn't 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 Jason Momoa? Isn't he Duncan Idaho? 
Uh, he is. Yes, he is Duncan Idaho. Yeah. So he can't be Fable. Oh, but yeah. I, I think you're right, Can't I think it's got to be someone. It's got to be a scrawny dude, but like vicious, you know? But like Loki doesn't look like it, but who, actually is super who, dangerous. Who is the actor that played Baby Driver? I'm blanking on his name right oh, now. Oh, I don't know. Baby you know who you know who might be good in it actually as is uh uh um uh jesse eisenberg oh yeah oh yes yes you yes, know yes. he can do he can do serious really well there's yes. no vicious in him though no no yeah, but I, think, he, I mean I think, think about the way he plays there's not even uh, ruthless in him the, the like, way he plays you got, the facebook guy uh, but you don't know but you don't know fade ralpha is that dangerous until later on at the in the beginning he's just kind of like He's the he's the you know aloof kind of yeah. like if, if you want then you go Justin Timberlake who could get the ruthless nah, look Timberla- at the Timberlake's end. too old Timberlake's <laughs> too old. All right, well I, that was exciting. I, I think or Michael Sarah if you want to go real like real surprise. Now Eisenberg's better than Sarah. I, I'm with you actually. That's not yeah. who I was thinking. I was thinking the Baby Driver actor, but now that you've said yeah. that, it's got to be Eisenberg. No, well, it's done. Jesse, congratulations! <laughs> You've been casted. Do we do we get royalties for this? Yeah, we do. I'm sure we do. I'm a hundred percent positive. Uh, Andrew, do you got anything else you want to talk about before we turn this hour and a half episode off? No, not today. No, Cam. What? what can what I, do can you I say, say one more thing? No. Can I? Can I can... Yes, please. <laughs> Your cats um, have gone to bed, which is kind of my, a bummer. Yeah, but... they they are they're they're snoozing right now. I just, uh, um, because I'm, I'm going to school for an engineer in the engineering field, uh, I just got this really rad decimal equivalent chart. And I know Will got one of these too, uh, from Draplin Design Company. Um, he, I don't know, you, can you guys see this? Yeah, yes. Yes, I can see yeah. that. It's fantastic. So it's, am- it's amazing. It's, it's aluminum, screen printed. So it's not like anodized, which is, it's just kind of like super retro, like the old like plaques that would be on like machinery and screen printing is the truth. Um, And it, I mean, it's, I can just stare at this thing for hours and it's gorgeous. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Draplin. Um, He's done some Timex collabs too um, that sell out in like four minutes on his website. Uh, But he's, he's one of the, he's collaborated or maybe he helped launch field notes so like mm. it's very like design forward but also extremely functional which i like uh he's got a really cool aesthetic so i just wanted to plug that because i just got it today and i'm super excited about it <laughs> wonderful <laughs> it's exciting it's just a stupid it's cool. just a stupid nerdy thing <laughs> super which nerdy. is what our entire podcast is about yes absolutely yeah. absolutely all right well besides that besides that droplin design decimal what are we calling this equivalent chart equivalent chart anything else you want to drop before we wrap it up for the day uh no where can people find you not you specifically but notice yeah i mean where are you located right now yeah personally i i am i am in i'm i I live in minnesota okay central central minnesota the great great cold north where can we find you on instagram uh, at Cameron Laz or at Notice Watches, and, and and I've heard a rumor that it's Cameron with an E, uh, only, also, only because people kept calling me Cameron in messages. <laughs> Cameron, A <laughs> A Ron. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us for this episode of Forty and Twenty. This is an extremely long episode of Forty and Twenty. Check us out on Instagram at Forty and Twenty, or at the Watch Clicker. 
obviously check out notice watches these guys are great check out cameron his instagram feed is great uh and, and if you like watches you, you'll dig it if you want to support he 40 and 20 watches too if you want to support 40 and 20 check us out on patreon.com slash 40 and 20 and don't forget to tune back in next thursday for another hour of watches food drinks life and other things we like bye-bye <laughs>